Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. This week I have left the friendly confines of Cleveland, Ohio, and have traveled back down to my home state of North Carolina, where the tea is sweet, the biscuits are yummy, and oh, the weather's kind of hot and humid, but you can't have everything, right? I'm happy to have this week as my guest, uh, a buddy of mine. We have known each other for close to 30 years, one of my dearest friends on this earth, uh, Mr. Michael Nesbitt. Uh, Mike has lived in a lot of haunted locations, has been surrounded by paranormal activity for most of his adult life, and has a ton of stories to tell. So I figured it'd be great to sit down with Mike and just have a chat and let you guys enjoy some of his stories. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me on the uh, show today. Thanks for having me. So I know early on in your life, you lived at a house that had some activity going on whenever you were a teenager. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, it was in Chapel Hill. It was an old house um, that we rented. And my uncle and grandfather decided to renovate and drywall and finish the attic to make it a bedroom for me. Mm-hmm. And the house used skeleton keys. It was uneven on its foundations. So not even all the doors shut or shut well um, on the interior of the house. And the door that led up to the attic, we didn't actually have a key for. Right. And so what we did was we used one of those um, old-fashioned cast iron irons that you used to stick on the wood stove. Right, the ones that weigh, they feel like they weigh about 20 pounds. Right, we used that for a doorstop. Okay. To keep the door open mm-hmm. so it won't ever shut. And as you know, with the, most skeleton keys, on the inside of the house... You don't have the night latch, day latch thing. You only have lock it or unlock it with the key. Right. You have the keyhole on each side. Right. But the front door, you have little buttons you could push for like daytime or nighttime where you could open it from one side or not open it from one side. Right. Um, anyway, my mother and my little brother, I wasn't at the house at the time, but they were upstairs in the attic and somehow the door slammed shut. It just slammed shut. Yeah, and locked. Now, this was the door that was propped open with this heavy iron. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, how how could that happen? How could the door, the iron got moved? I have no idea because I wasn't actually there. I was just told by everybody what happened. And they were stuck up there for hours. Wow. And they had to call my uncle and my grandfather to come over there and they actually had to remove the door from the hinges in order to get them out because they couldn't get the door open. Wow, that's that's incredible. So not only was the door, did the door close on its own with enough force that it locked somehow Yeah. or it got jammed to the point where they had to remove the hinges to remove the door. But the door stop, which these things, these little iron things, they're... They're heavy. I mean, they're you. You can pull a muscle picking them up. I bet they're at least a good five to ten pounds. Right. They're 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 not the kind of thing that you just kick to the side. Right. So if whatever it was that occurred in there was strong enough to move that weight, and then slam the door. Right. Wow. And when the door was open and 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 wedged with the thing, it was flat against the wall, the outside wall. Mm-hmm. You know, so it had to go a full one eighty to shut. It wasn't like it was partially open with the thing. It didn't have spring hinges. It was open all the way to the wall flat with the iron in front of it. Wow. And it's not like anything where like a breeze could obviously blow it closed or anything like that. No. And then another time at the same house, my mother and brother came home 
and they thought they saw somebody standing upstairs in the window of the attic, looking out towards the driveway at them as they were coming in the, in, in the yard. In the same room where right. the door had closed. Right. Was this before the door had closed, or was this afterwards? I do not recall, okay. because it's been about 33 years yeah, since that happened. <laughs> but yeah, we're, I, we're I, do, I do remember that I often had an uneasy feeling, and there were many nights I wouldn't sleep up there. Right, yeah, you told me you ended up not actually not wanting to sleep in your own room. Right, I would sleep on the couch a lot downstairs, and or spend the night at my grandfather's. I did not. I did not sleep a whole lot of nights up there. I didn't spend a whole lot of time up there at all. Right. I would just go up there. I mean, I would go up there, mm-hmm. do stuff, but I wouldn't. I I remember I wouldn't hang out up there. <laughs> Would, did you feel like like you were being watched or anything like that, like that up there? Or was it I just a had a feeling. feeling? Just I had a feeling. You wow. know, just a feeling of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. like the time in the mental institution. I, and I want to get into that, maybe not on this episode, but I, I wanted to talk to you about that at a different time. Okay. The, 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 actually, we can go... Let's let's hear about that because actually I'm I'm really interested. In Rob and I we've got a friend of ours that we're at his house. Rob Fogolsky. We're he was uh we were talking about your experiences at was Holly Hill yeah right? where you were working as a like a part time security guard something right. like that right yes so what what happened there because that's that to me was really fascinating. I remember when, I remember when you guys were talking about this happening. Yeah, I had a, a couple things happen there. Mm-hmm. Um. We were working temporarily as security guards because they had had a fire. Right. And the doors wouldn't lock. So we were just there basically to watch and make sure none of the patients walked out. Okay. Okay. Now, most of the people there, um, it was mixed wards. What do you mean by mixed wards? Well, not everybody there necessarily had a mental issue. Mm -hmm. There were a few people there that might have substance abuse. Mm-hmm. But they were in the same place. Okay, so so it's not like you have people who are institutionalized there, right? And it's all those kind of people. You've got a good mix of different levels right. of people who needed help, right? And I and I still have to hold some things out because of HIPAA. Of still, course, I'm still yes. I still have that confidentiality thing I signed. Absolutely. So, but anyway, the upstairs was for the adults. Mm-hmm. The downstairs was juveniles. Okay. Okay, and we essentially sat at the nurse's station. Okay. And at the nurse's station, they have closed-circuit televisions for the cameras around the building. And behind us, they have what's called the quiet room, which is basically the padded room. Okay. Okay, in case somebody's really having a hard day. Right. All right. So they didn't have any limits on how many hours we could work. So we would work until... We just could not function anymore. Right. You worked until you were just like, I'm done. I can't be here. Right. And then I would go home, and he would come, and he would take his turn. Right. So um, after a few days of this, we were getting pretty sleep sleep deprived. Right. I would imagine so. Okay. To the point where I was actually, the nurse said, you're becoming psychotic. (laughs) Because I was mumbling and talking to myself. And kind of loosening a little bit from no sleep, right? Right. Which is normal. It's a normal thing, right? You would you would imagine that, especially if you're in an environment where you're not getting a whole lot of uh, stimulus into you, your brain would try to create stimuli. Right. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. So she goes, you know, if you want to just go take a nap for a little while, you could go down to the other ward, the vacant ward, and the areas we were in that we were familiar with. They had individual patient rooms, mm-hmm. right, with like a day room. Right. So I, I asked her where it was, and I went down there, and I opened the door, and I turned on the light, and it was one big room with beds, and the lights just went on one and another <laughs> all the way down, and it just kind of like looked like the shining or... Like something out of the Matrix or something, but you know, straight out of a horror movie, the lights all went on one at a time, and it was like fifty beds all together, 
like like an open barracks, like you would right. have. But but you're talking about the 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 lights laddering down, chunk chunk yeah chunk, yeah chunk. <laughs> all the way down, right? Right. And that's the perfect environment that you want to get a nice relaxing right. nap in. Right in a mental <laughs> hospital, right? And yeah. so I looked at it, and I took a half a step, and I just knew you don't don't go in there. Just don't go in there. Right. I I I, opt, I just had the worst feeling about that room, and I said, this isn't happening. <laughs> and I turned off the light and I left. Right. But then I was working on, on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this is a very unusual experience. We had a kid downstairs who claimed to be a Satanist. Okay. Okay. And... He would tell P he was very gothic. He always dressed in black, black nails, black everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so he told people that he was going to summon demons or and that he worshipped the purple god. And then he said he was actually going to like summon Satan. Oh, on that's, Halloween. that's exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> right. Now, th- I, I didn't hear all that because I was upstairs with the adults. Right. But it was getting, it was coming up to the people. It was the nursing station. Right. It's filtering up from from the employees. Okay. So we had that going on. Then we had this other guy, and he reminded us of Chief from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And he could speak French, but his family said he never took French. What? Yeah, he thought he was a Frenchman from like the eighteen hundreds. Wow, so he was like, he, he thought he was like channeling a former, a previous life. He thought he was like that. that person. Okay. Oh. He, he thought he was this 1800s or 18th century Frenchman named Jeanette. Did he think that this time period was that time period? As no. Far as, as far as I can remember, he didn't. He just thought he was that person and he spoke French. Mm-hmm. But he also kind of reminded me of... Chief of one floor of the cuckoo says because the guy was gigantic. Right. Right. But he didn't lift. He was just big. Right. And he would sit down in the day room when they were eating and he would take something off of somebody's tray. And I remember they wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> no, they just they would just let him eat what he wants. Right. Whatever you want, man. <laughs> right. Kind of like that was a Richard Pryor movie where, where, um, they sit down and they had the big, the real big white guy, and he just takes food off of everybody's truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I was working there on Halloween, and the adult patients upstairs decide they're going to have a seance. Okay, lovely. Okay, so they're having a seance. And then we start getting phone calls from downstairs. And the gothic kid, they had put him in the quiet room of four point restraints. Wow. Okay. Because he was acting up. Right. He was acting very strange. And the nurses from downstairs were calling upstairs and telling us what was going on. And we could see him on the camera laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. They they lay you on the floor on your back, spread eagle. Right. Strapped down. Right. So you can't move right. really at all. And then you have the, the little observation window where they can look in on you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. So... But when you're laying down there on the floor, you obviously aren't going to be able to see out the window. No, not at all. Okay. So people were walking by his room, and he knew who they were. He knew their names. What? Right. He would, like, call out their names and stuff. And you could they turned on the microphone, and you could hear, and you started making, like, animal noises. All, all those kind of stuff that you saw in The Exorcist, right? Right. Making right. these noises and all this stuff. And his face started to distort a little bit and change. And then the, the most unusual, and at the same time, this is all going on. They got Janae in the quiet room behind me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's just walking around, mumbling something in French, doing racetrack patterns in, his, in the quiet room, holding his fingers up like a cross in front of him. Just like wow. this. While this guy's downstairs... Doing all this transformation, transformation stuff, or whatever he's doing, channeling whatever he could have done while the seance is going on in the day room. So all (laughs) all these three things are happening at the same time, and it's close to midnight on Halloween. Right, right. 
And the thing I will always remember is, you know what it looks like when a snake eats? Yes. You know yes. how they have that big lump that goes down their throat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It looked like he had been a snake that had swallowed not a peewee football, but a football that's about the size of a six inch sub or maybe a little bit bigger. Like like kind of like a mini nerf football. Yes. But maybe a little maybe a little bigger. Maybe bigger, right? right? And it, that's what his throat looked like. Wow. That's how big his throat was. So it looked like he had swallowed like a God, I would say it. If you took a, a foot-long Subway sub and cut it in half and then stacked the two pieces on top of each other, that's what it looked like. Wow. Right? And his face was so different looking than normal. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I said, I I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, that, so I left. That's, that's called it a daytime right yeah. there. <laughs> so I left. So I don't know what happened after that. Right. I just know that going into it, the kid had said this is going to happen, and stuff happened. And pretty much what he said was going to happen, right. well, it happened. Yeah. That's that's an incredible, incredible story. And I, I knew a little bit of the details. I knew that you guys had seen some weird things there. But I never, I've never actually heard all the details of that. So, yeah. So, that was that one event and then the one event where I just did not want to go in that one room. Right. And I've, I've been in rooms like that doing investigations where you... You, you take one step into it and you you just you're like no this I cannot be in here for whatever reason and maybe you go back an hour later and it's fine but in that moment no there's just no freaking way whoo that's cool oh man so <laughs> so then let's jump forward a few years okay uh, because I, I want to hear about um, the I know you had some some episodes with sleep paralysis yes I have one um if Just you, one. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about that because that's something that we hear a lot of on at True Paranormal. We get a lot of folks that experience sleep paralysis, and sometimes it's obvious that it's just a physical reaction. Nobody really understands what sleep paralysis is, why your body does what it does. There's a lot of theories out there, but I think your episode with it is unique in that. Well, I'll let you tell the story, but it's not the typical I woke up. And I couldn't move type of sleep paralysis and you couldn't you couldn't see anything around you. You were actually wide awake, I believe. Yes. I will give a couple of disclaimers. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying that this is exactly what the, what happened. This is the background leading into it and the theory. But it could very well be incorrect. Right. Right. Okay. My mother was a very spiritual person, and she had claimed that there was a negative entity trying to attach itself to the house. Okay. Okay. And I always heard somebody walking around on the roof, not the attic, the roof. You know oh. what it sounds like when someone's up there cleaning gutters. Right. Right. You know, just walking. And it was just a regular asphalt shingle roof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. right. Just normal asphalt shingle roof, and. It always, I mean, all the time, sounded like somebody was walking around up there. Hmm. Um, like multiple times a week, like somebody was walking around the roof. Right to the to the point where it, it stops being scary and starts being annoying. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was ever scary, but she said it was. She claimed that it was it was this negative entity trying to get permission or access to the house. It could get access to the house. Right. So it was just right. like. Hanging around, right? And 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 I knew your mom. Your mom had a lot of, as you said, she's a very spiritual lady. She had a lot of gifts, and she she could, according to her, see see things right. that other people couldn't see. Right, according to her. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one night I fell asleep uh, watching The Shining. Right, which is the only movie that I'm actually scared of. It's the only scary movie where I was like, yes, this is a horror movie. Right, I fell asleep watching The Shining, or or The Shining came on while I was asleep, or something like that, right? And she came down screaming and yelling, what do you have on in my house? Because stuff started affecting her sensitivities. Right. She woke me up in the middle of sleep. I was just asleep on the couch. Right. So, and I was uh, 21, 23 at the time, something like that. Right. 
So that was the second incident in that particular house. Mm-hmm. Then one night I was asleep, and I went to sleep with the lights on. Right. And I was actually sleeping on the floor because the bed was too soft. And I woke up because I heard something hissing at me. And when I woke up, I couldn't move. I felt something on my chest, but I couldn't move. You felt like something was sitting on your chest. Right. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. But I could look over. I could see the lamp. I could look over here. I could see the the dresser. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I couldn't reach the dresser. I couldn't move. But Mm -hmm. I could see it. Right? Mm -hmm. And it was starting to bother me because I knew that there was something there. Right. And it didn't just go away. It wasn't. Right. And I will say that I'm not a practicing Christian at this time. But I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I couldn't get help. I couldn't do anything. But had this thing, all I can say is a hissing noise. I, I can't explain exactly what the noise was, but you know. Right, but you were actively hearing this noise. Yes. It wasn't a, I heard it one time and I didn't hear it. You were actively hearing this noise. Right, right. And so the only thing I could think to do at that time was to pray. Okay. Okay. Well, I couldn't get any words out. Right. Right. So, and nothing was happening. And this went on for a while, like five minutes at least. And the craziest thing is, is I got out the word Jesus. And as soon as I got that out, everything stopped. No way. Instantaneous. <laughs> as soon as it got out, as soon as I actually can make my mouth move and get it out. But I was struggling to make words right. for a while. But once it came out, everything cleared up. It was done. Wow. Instantaneous. And see, that that's, that's where I think your story is unique in that you actually had a trigger that stopped it. Yeah. You actually did something. And, and I've often talked about visualization uh, with if you feel like you're being attacked by a negative entity, you visualize, in my opinion as a Christian, you visualize the light of Christ coming out of you, things like that, and it helps. What you did, it's kind of the same thing, where you, you spoke that one word and it stopped, which to me says, okay, this is not a, this is not a biological thing that's happening to you. This is not any kind of uh, physical anomaly. This is you being attacked. In that moment. It seemed like it because of the other things that happened and the other hissing event with the shining that woke up my mother. Right, exactly. So okay. you had you had previous, not the exact same type of thing, but you had enough similarities to where you could tie those two together. Yes, and I know I was awake during the entire thing. I mean, I was completely 100% awake. The lights were on. I could see everything in the room. I was there. I was yeah. awake. It's, you know, that's the kind of situation I, I tell people is just it's good that you handled it the way you did, because not, not that anything really horrifying would have happened to you. But the longer you're in that state, the more, the easier it is for something to attack you also later on. Right. You know, you, it weakens your defenses against it each time. It, and you knew how to handle it. You knew to the best of your knowledge, this is how I can get out of this. And whatever you did worked. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So, again, let's jump forward a few years. And you you were telling me about this house that you lived in. Yes. This is after you were married. And this is where, this is one of the most active houses I think I've ever heard personal accounts from. Uh, I've been in haunting investigations with houses that might be more active, but not as many personal experiences as, as what you have had in this, in this house that we're going to talk about. Um, it's just a, it's a wild, you guys are going to enjoy hearing about this and it's, you know, Mike has a couple of different theories as to what could have caused it, but they're all theories. So, uh, but if you could tell us about this, this house, tell us about the house of describe it and then what all happened in there. All right. The house was my confirmation event. Everything else that happened up until this point throughout my life, I could still 
all there was still a plausible explanation. Right. Po- there was a possibility of so- of it just being something else. Right. You you could say, well, yes, I experienced this, but there was always in the back of your mind, okay, maybe this something non paranormal caused this. Right. Right. But the house was different. We built it. Mm-hmm. So all new construction. Right. And all five family members experienced things in the house. Right. So you so, were married. And, right. And I had three children. Okay. How old were the kids at the, at the beginning? Because I know this spans uh, uh, several years. At the beginning, it was just one child, and he was in sixth grade. Okay. So okay. about... He's now 28. Right. So, so he was about 12 years old? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, and it expanded all the way through to my youngest, who who moved out of the house when he was three or four. Okay. Okay. So, who's now going to turn 14. Okay. So, we're talking about a window of probably, what, four, five, six years? No, we're talking about a window of 10 years. Okay. They were in the house 10 years. Okay. Okay. At least. So, yeah. built this house. Didn't have any real issues with it. Uh, the floors creaked upstairs from the get-go. Mm-hmm. There's just that's just the way it was. Right. And to describe the house, it's a two-story, four-bedroom, two and a half bath house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the stairwell has about four stairs, and then like a little landing, and then you turn the corner and you go up about four or five more stairs. Right. But it's open from the landing. To the top, about 15, 20 feet. Right, so you're not enclosed by walls all the way up. No. At the top of the stairs, there's like a little four-foot wall that keeps people from falling down the hole. Right. Okay, so that's on two sides with a little opening where the stairs are that walks up, and there's no doors. Okay. Okay. So if you get to the landing, you can see if somebody's up there. Mm-hmm. And, you can see everything. Right. If they're, if they're on the long part of the hallway... You can see them, but they're on the short part of the hallway where the washer-dryer is. You can see them. Right. So, my personal theory, which is not substantiated, or have I heard any investigators say this before? It's just my personal theory. I was watching a show called Scariest Places on Earth. Right. I'm, I'm familiar with the show. It's a great, it was a great show. I don't know if they're still playing it or not. They still have it in syndication, but I remember that show for sure. Well, the challenge was they had to spend the night, the span, these two families had to spend the night in this castle in the UK. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be extremely haunted. Right. And at the beginning of the show, they did this ancient either Celtic or Druid ritual that's supposed to open a spirit portal so they could get even more activity in the place. <laughs> because that's what you want. <laughs> right. So they did this ritual mm-hmm. and they set it in completion. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is before the show ended, they never said the closing ritual to close the gate. So they left it open. Right. Before the show was over. Now, I don't know what they did after that, but that's what was edited. Right. But it played through my speakers, so the words were actually uttered in my house. Right. Right. Which is once, just not even once, it's a half a step removed from them doing the ritual. In your house. Right. Which I wouldn't have thought would be an issue. But as soon as I turned off the TV, within three to five minutes is when all the activity started. You hadn't had, prior to that, you hadn't really had any activity at all. I had not noticed a thing. Right. Okay. And how long have you been in the house at that point? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. At least a year, probably. Okay, so it wasn't like you had moved in two weeks before and hadn't seen anything. You no, had no, been no. there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because we moved in in June, and this is around, this was a Halloween, so it was either the first Halloween, or but I think it was more like the second or third Halloween. Right, but you've, because, been, in, yeah, you've been in there at least. Because, yeah, I think it was at least the second or third Halloween. So, as soon as it was, it was over, I'm laying in the bed, and from the foot of my bed to the bedroom door, it's maybe 10 feet. Okay. Because from the end of the king-size bed, to the wall, 
I mean, you, be, you had enough room to walk in between the dresser, and that's about it, right? Right. And you, and this is the bed, the bed, master bedroom upstairs. Yes. Right. All the bedrooms were upstairs. Okay. So, for some reason, the two younger children always slept in the master bedroom. They never slept in their bedrooms. Right? They had, like, mm-hmm. beds in there. Right. And my oldest slept at the far end of the hallway over the garage. Okay. Okay. But... So within a few minutes of this happening, I'm laying in bed. I can see out the bedroom door. The hall bath is immediately outside the bathroom door. And then the next door next to that is one of the bedrooms. So I can see down the hallway a good three to five feet. Okay. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. I can hear something pacing back and forth in front of the door because the floor is creaking. In front of the open door. Yes, the open door, like it's looking in at me. Mm-hmm. If I were to give a visual representation for your audience, if you remember the Star Wars movie where Darth Maul is fighting the two Jedi guys and he gets caught in the in between the oh, two yeah. force and he, fields. And, and he's pacing back he's and forth. He's pacing back and forth looking at them. That's exactly what it felt like. There's huh. something there walking back and forth looking at me. Right. And it... it that's a perfect. Did you feel like malice coming in towards you, or I don't know if I felt malice, but I just knew that there was something there looking at me, right? And it's walking back and forth. And you could actually hear hear it walking, back right? And forth. Oh, right. easily, yeah. yeah. Uh, the floor was creaking, you know, right? Just like somebody normal, mm-hmm. okay? So that, that was weird, and but you know what? I just sort of blew it off, right? But it helps that you'd had so many experiences in your life before that. To where it kind of almost calloused you towards it, though. Yeah. So I sat there and I didn't think much of it, and, but then things kept happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I would be downstairs late at night, and I would hear somebody walking around that area of the hallway. The same area. Yeah. Like, and I, and I would, and then the next morning, my mother-in-law was visiting. One time, I said, "Hey, were you up last night doing laundry?" Or go in the bathroom? And she said no. Because she would stay in that front bedroom. Right. That's on the short hall. Right. Okay. And so I can't, I would hear footsteps all the time. And the children, when they were little, they would all the time look up all of a sudden in the corner and just stare. Right. And talk, you know, at the corner. Talk to the corner. Yeah. You know, like, you know, making baby sounds, but they're trying to talk. Right, they're trying to communicate. I can see them looking at stuff. I mean, they're looking at something. Yeah, and that's that's always impressed me that, you know, that's really small children and pets, uh, animals. It's like, almost like they sense things and they can see things that, that we just can't see. And, and we've talked about this before. But my theory is that, especially with children, they're so young, they haven't had the time for the world to tell them these things aren't real, that they don't they don't have a filter on there that allows their brain to say, yes, we know what you're seeing, but you're not really seeing anything. So they just accept that something's there. And like you said, they try to communicate with it because it could it could appear as a as a child to them, it could appear as as a person, it could appear as an animal, as whatever. They're trying to. They're going to try to communicate with it. So that would happen. Footsteps all the time. I mean, you, you, I'd hear I'd hear something walk around upstairs while everybody's asleep because mm-hmm. I would stay up later than everybody else. Right. Um, I remember one time I was doing dishes at like two or three in the morning. Okay. And I've always, and I mean to this day, I almost always wake up at three in the morning. I mean, almost every night I wake which, up at three. Which is creepy in its own right. Right. <laughs> but I do. Um, so I was down there doing dishes at two or three in the morning. And all of a sudden all my hair stood up on, the, on my head, on my arms, and I got chills. And I looked back behind me, and this black mass shadow moved from... My seven o'clock, and I turned my head towards it across the opening to the living room, 
and then across the sliding glass door, but it blocked out the outside. So it was solid enough that it kind of blocked out the outside. Right. You could you could still see through it. A little bit, yes. But it but it was definitely it wasn't like a shadow like like if you wave your hand over something you see a shadow. This was a mass. Right. It was more than opaque. It was darker than opaque. Mm-hmm. So it was like probably twenty five percent transparent. Okay. Okay. And it moved across the sliding glass door and then just sort of disappeared into the corner yeah. of, the, of, the, of the kitchen. So you're saying it kind of like melted into the wall? It just sort of like went into it. And that's it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that's it. it went, but it went from the floor to the ceiling. Right. So, it, so it's it, like eight or nine feet high. And then it just sort of like, sort of, I can't, I don't know if I can describe it. it kind of like... Right when it got to the corner, it got smaller and just disappeared. Right, right. So you're you're not talking about something that's. I mean, I guess it could be human size. There are humans that are. No, no, no. It took it, it blocked was, out like it's a it's a sliding glass door, so it's the size of. So you're talking about three feet wide, or actually. No, it's 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 the size of that opening there at least. So six or seven feet wide minimum. Yeah, minimum. and and the ceiling we had eight nine foot ceilings in the kitchen. Right. Then when it got to the corner, it just kind of shrunk into the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was fast when it did that transition. I mean, it moved kind of fast across because the whole thing only took a couple seconds. Right. And, I've, and I've seen I've seen things like that go across rooms, nothing that big, but I've seen it go across rooms and go melt into a wall. What it sounds like you're talking about is almost like it went into into like a, a an energy doorway into like a vortex that. That swallowed it up is only right. the, that's how I visualize it. Right, and 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 I had all the lights on in the kitchen at the time, so it's not like something could. It was like it was a car or anything else. Right, right. <laughs> so it was very. It was very, that was unusual. That that would that would not have been my first thought. Was my that was very unusual. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. But it. And when I combined the feeling that I got that made me turn around and look, mm-hmm. you know, one without the other for me is more explanation. But when you have multiple events coinciding at the same time, it kind of narrows things down for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that would, I think most people in that situation, that would be the end of it for them in that house. They would be like, okay, I'm freaking done. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the case with you. <laughs> no, that wasn't the end. Um, and I can't remember when we started bringing in priests to cleanse the house, but we had them in two or three times. And what, what, what would happen with that? Everything would stop for about six months. Right, so it worked, but only on a temporary basis. Right, and then it would all come back. So why do you think... And, yeah. and that wasn't the, that we had them come in for three times. Mm-hmm. And then I would tell it to get out all the time. Right, right. And that would last to like, that would also last sometimes three to six months. Right. When I was kicking it out. Right. Um, because we put crucifixes over all the doorways. Mm-hmm. Um, we put oil on all the doorways. Right. We did all sorts of stuff. You you did. We put as much barrier up as we could. Right. You did pretty much everything that most people would recommend in your situation. Right. So why do you think these entities kept coming back? Because most of the time, if you do what you guys did, that would solve it. I don't know. I don't know. But it went on the entire time from the time that show went on. Until they moved out, stuff was happening. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, um, another event, I came home from work, walked upstairs. I got that little four-foot wall. The hallway is maybe 15 to 20 feet. Mm -hmm. I know the audience can't see it, but you can. So, the hallway upstairs is about from here to the top of the kitchen stairs there. Right. Right, so yeah, or about, maybe about no further than the front of the refrigerator. Okay, okay. so 20, 
28 feet max. Yeah, something like that. 20 to 30 feet. Right. Upstairs. And I'm standing there going through the mail and just sitting it on top of the wall. Mm-hmm. Typical I'd come home for the day activity. Down at the end of the hall, I see what I could swear is my four-year-old or five-year-old at the time tiptoe across the door and get behind it to hide. Right, which typical four- or five-year-old playful behavior, I'm going to scare daddy. Right. Now, that is my oldest boy's bedroom. It's over the garage. The front part that faces the street is a small walk-in attic. Okay. The door to the attic opens from left to right out. Mm Mm-hmm. His door opens from... Well, left to right in. Yes, in, so that the doorknobs would actually touch. Right, so they jam up against each other. You right. had to close one to open the other one. Right. And then the, the, and then the attic door had like a lot of extra insulation. It had one of those sweeps on it to try to keep the wind out. hmm So I see him sneak across the door, and I laugh to myself. I think, well, I'm going to sneak up on him. I'm going to turn the table on him. <laughs> So I tiptoe all the way down the hallway as quiet as I can, and I reach out real slow, and I grab the doorknob, and I yank it back, and I yell, Ha! (laughs) And there's nobody there. Of course there's not. (laughs) Nobody there. Now, I've been giving this some thought because, you know, I've had encounters with with child spirits, things like that. One thing I, I noticed in... In your experiences, because you did have the black mass and because of the other activity that you had, negative entities, as you know, can take multiple forms. Have you ever thought about that that was actually another form of the black mass, but it was taking that form at that time? My personal guess is that we had more than one entity in the house. And that's also a very strong possibility. I think we had a child entity because we lost a child. Um, while we were living in the house. Right. Um, but we had, we had the black mass. We had some mood swings on the house. And then um, my oldest woke up with scratches all over him one time. Well, tell us about that because that's fascinating to me. Right. So he didn't realize he was scratched. He woke up, got in the shower, and everything started stinging all over his body. Right. Right, and he gets out and he looks at it and he comes and shows us. Now this is he's sleeping in the same room where you had this child entity right. disappear. Right. Okay. Same room with the child entity. And other other strange a, a very unusual occurrence happened in there that I'll get to after this. Okay. Two more, mm-hmm. at least. Um but one of them could be just a coincidence. Right. Um anyway, he came and showed us. And, again, this is very hard to explain just verbally, but if anybody's ever been scratched by a cat, you know that at least that really thin, just like thin line, Mm -hmm. and it kind of jumps. Right. It looks like sporadic, almost puncture marks. Right. So, like, you'll have, like, a solid piece of scab, and then it, like, jumps, and then maybe a little bit like that, and they welt up. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he had... He was 5'9", and he had one that went from his left collarbone down to his left hip flexor. Wow. And then another one that kind of made like an upside-down cross that went from his left rib all the way across his chest to his right rib. Then he had one that went across his throat from jugular to jugular. What? Um, Yeah. He had two two more diagonal ones across his stomach. Right. That were probably three inches long each. He had probably another fifteen or twenty scratches on him on his torso that were short, like an inch, half inch, quarter inch, right. something like that. But he had one that ran a good. He had at least two that ran a good two feet. Right. That, that does not sound like the kind of scratches that could have been self inflicted. I would think that if he did it himself, he would have woken up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Secondly, his nails were cut more sharp. Right. And you guys didn't have any indoor pets? At the time. No. No pets at all. Right. Okay. 
The third problem with him doing it himself is that he would have to have turned, distorted his fingernail, mm-hmm. his hand, in a very unnatural position in order to make the scratch. Right. Because the way the line was orientated, it, it would be... It was just not natural. Right. You, it would have been extremely awkward to try and who, to do. And who's going to scratch in the middle of the night with just one finger like this <laughs> and not go like this, right? Right. Right. If you have an itch, if you have a bug laying on you or something, and you go to, to scratch that, you're going to use all, all your fingers. Right. It's just, it was a distinctive one line. Right. It wasn't like two right next to each other. It was one here, one a few inches away over here. This one goes from here to here. This one goes from here to here. This one goes like this. Right. So it also sounds like you're talk, you're describing something that these couldn't have happened in one instant. This had to have been over a period of maybe the entire night these happened. Yeah. But he, he I mean, but, they but were he all didn't open. notice them when he first got up. He no. just noticed it when he got in the shower. Right. Because they were so fine that he didn't notice them. Right. Until they started stinging. And that's, that's, that describes the way most. When people get attacked with scratches, that's exactly how it normally happens. Is you you won't really see anything. You'll see a kind of a reddish area. You'll feel a little little bit of burning, but then it'll welt up and it'll show itself after the fact. You won't notice it when you actually get scratched. It'll be right afterwards. Now another very unusual occurrence in his room that could be explained away, but it's highly unusual. Um, in North Carolina, we have black widows. Yep. Okay. But you don't ever find them inside. No. No. If you find them inside, it's because they crawl in from your crawl space. Something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. But they typically like to get in flower pots. Mm-hmm. They like to get in ladders. They like to get, they like to stay low to the ground. Mm-hmm. That's the way they nest. They nest around the electrical boxes for uh, utilities. Yep. Uh, they'll be inside your cable box outside in the yard. Um, they like to get in the in the water meter, but they don't build webs up in trees. They don't build webs up in bushes. Right. They're, they they're, like they like be low to ground. Exactly. Okay. So he was sitting in his room playing a video game, and one came down on a single strand. Just like in the Spider-Man movie, <laughs> right beside him, and he's on the second floor. That's very unusual. That, I I have lived in North Carolina most of my life, and I have never ever seen that from a black widow. That's very unusual. Yes. Now that now could it just have happened? I mean, it's yeah, possible. Possible, sure. yeah. right? It, I, I would never say that's impossible. We had them in the yard, but I never saw one more than four inches off the ground. No, no. I think the highest I've ever seen one might have been two, two and a half feet off the ground, but it was inside of like a TV box or something like that. Right. So that was just strange. Um, so that happened. Then we had, um, there was a night I was having a knockdown drag out fight with mm-hmm. my my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And we're standing at the bottom of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Underneath where we hear, always hear all this walking. Right. And so you guys are on the first floor. First floor, right at the bottom, right at the mouth of the stairs, literally at the mouth of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And our youngest was upstairs on our king size bed surrounded by pillows. Okay. He was a infant. And everybody knows the sound of a baby that's fallen out of the bed. Right. It's a, if you're a parent, it's a sickening sound. Funk. Right. So we're sitting there having this. Terrible, terrible fight. I mean, and she is just really beyond her normal self. Mm-hmm. And we hear that crash. Mm. So instantly the fight's over, our eyes get big, and I start tearing up the stairs. Right. Okay? As I hit the first step with my foot, because I'm already there, literally all I got to do is just pivot and put my foot up, and I'm on the first step. Right. I start hearing running down the hallway towards my oldest room, the same room where I saw the child sleep right. across the door and all the other you stuff. You hear running coming out of your no, room. No, well, yeah, running from that first area where I heard the pacing out in the hallway, mm-hmm. down the hallway really fast. Now, I'm running as fast as it is, and it's 
I get to the landing as it's passing the landing. Mm. Right? Right. And if people remember, I can see all the way to the ceiling, and the wall is only three or four feet high. Mm -hmm. So it's waist high, just to keep people from falling down. Maybe just above, I'm, I'm six feet tall, so it's just above my abdomen. Right, right. Right? So there's footsteps running down the hall, but there's nobody there. Mm. Okay? Right. And we both heard them, and we both running upstairs. So my first thought is, well, maybe our teenager was up on top of the wall trying to lean over and look at us and listen in. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Right. And then he slipped and jumped and, and jumped down. Right. Which would make that thunk right. sound. Well, which would make the thunk sound. And then he would have thought, well, I better get my, I better get back to bed <laughs> yeah, or I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. So exactly. maybe he's trying to run down the hall. Right. Now, again, he was 5'9", so it's unlikely that he could have ran that fast and been under the, and bent under the wall. Right, right. He'd have to low run at a right. fast pace, which right. is difficult at best to do. So, but just in case, I went in his room and he was asleep and I checked his pulse on his neck and it seemed perfectly calm so he seemed to sleep to me right right okay he wasn't breathing hard so he, you're pretty sure it wasn't him i'm pretty sure it wasn't him right okay so that's another event that happened there um my children to this day my younger two talk about the eyes they would see eyes the eyes Right. Now, I don't remember exactly what the context was. I think they were looking under a bed one time they saw eyes, or they're looking in a closet one time for something they saw eyes. And again, you guys didn't have pets. No, no, no. And they remember those eyes. They still talk about those eyes. Enough of an impact that years later. Yeah. Wow. They still remember it. So. So what ended up happening with the house? You, I know you're not there, obviously. Anymore. No, no, it's gone. Right. It's been sold. Right. And I haven't been back since. Do you know if anybody that's lived in there afterwards has had any kind of... I have not activity? asked anybody. I just let it go. It'd be interesting to find out. But then also, you wonder is if, again, because you've had so much activity around you, if the activity, I don't want to say it's drawn to you, but that if you not being there cause activity to stop or your family because a lot of times these entities will feed off of energy and they, they look for energy like family specifically because you have a mix you have you and you have your wife and you have the children and you're a high energy guy your wife's a high energy person and your kids obviously being kids are high energy so there's a lot of energy to draw off of so they've had two events at their new house oh they have yes okay um that the children told me about wow again there was a big argument Right, right. Happening. And closet door opened during the argument. See, now now you wonder if the arguments, if the strife is caused I by think the it, I think that I think one of them personally is attached to my ex. Which that happens. People have things that get attached to them that follow them around. And through, through no fault of their own. It's not like they're inviting right. this stuff in. It just gets attached to right. them. Right. So that happened... And then my 13-year-old told me you know, a few months ago that his bedroom door opened while he was doing homework. Mm -hmm. He thought he thought it was his older brother right. messing with him. But nobody there. And trying to irritate him. <laughs> right? Which is what older brothers are for. Right. And so he jerked the door back, and his older brother was downstairs in the living room. Wow. So... So the saga continues. Yeah, I, not that not, much. Not to the not, extent. Not, not anything like before. Like before, I, like I said, we had the priest come in three times. Um, and we probably kicked the entities out a good six or seven times. Right. Maybe eight times. Well, I got to tell you, man, the, the stories you have for that house are incredible. The stories you have for your entire life are absolutely incredible. Um, I'm glad that you guys got out of that house. Uh, 
it doesn't sound like the, you know, I'm sure it was a beautiful house and everything, and, but it doesn't sound like the most pleasant <laughs> situation. Well, you know, I never, the only, like I said, the only negative thing I ever really experienced was when he got scratched. Right. That's right. one thing. Everything else was just noises. Right. But at that point, it sounds like it was escalating. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, how long after that happened was it before you guys got out of there? Do you remember? No. Over over a year. Okay, so it wasn't like two months later. Yeah, over a year. um, It was over a year or two after he got scratched before. I left the house because we we separated, mm-hmm. and they were still in the house after that. Right. So, um, it never got. There was never anything after worse after that. Right. That that was the pinnacle. The of, pinnacle event of any negative thing. Everything right. else was just noises. Like I said, the the the, the hide and seek thing event mm-hmm. that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe every now and then stuff will go missing. Right. Right, that's that's pretty common. That's pretty common. And you could have sworn it was right there, just right. there. It was just there. Yeah, we we've had that happen. We've had a candle that was on our dining, uh, not dining, uh, coffee table in the living room. We walk out of the room, we come back, and it's gone. And it shows up a week later downstairs in the basement on the washing machine. <laughs> you know, so we that 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 happens in homes. Uh, yes, I've been in a home where the car keys wound up in the freezer. Mm-hmm. The car keys wound up in another unusual place. The second one's a possible explanation, but it's unusual for somebody to stick their car keys in the freezer. Yes, I would. I would say that's not typical. <laughs> yeah. And then we had uh, one other. The only other real paranormal event was one of my in-laws would wake up with scratches in the same house. No, in his house. Oh, really? Yeah. But it was in a place where he couldn't reach. It was right in the middle of his back. Now, what time period was this? Was this around during, the same? During the same time period, yeah. Interesting. We, there, there were at least three times where we went and visited them for like a weekend. And he would come out and he goes, oh, yeah, my visitor came by again last night. But it would happen even if we weren't there. Right. It's not, not like it was following you guys specifically there and then it was happening. Right. But and this was a serious, serious scratch. I really? mean, it was nasty. It would it would welt up. I bet it would be a welt the size of the old-fashioned, not the current, but the old-fashioned, almost the old-fashioned fun-size snicker bars. Really? With the with the open cut in the middle of it, right? Like the wow. like the cut would be thin, right? And you can see where it would have been bleeding, but the right. welt on that thing would be at least like that. Wow! So a good inch or so wide. Yes. Wow! Right in the right, like right here, like right in the it would middle have been of his back. Impossible for you. Oh, it was hard to do in your sleep. Right. Right. Wow. And he was a physician, so right, right. So he would he would know if he self inflicted something, right. and, and I'm sure he was a pretty rationally minded person. Where yeah. he, you know he it wouldn't be like him to just automatically jump to oh well, this is some kind of weird activity. Yeah, but, but still he accepted that, given the evidence at hand, this is what it had to be. Right. So awesome. Well, Mike, I I appreciate you sharing your stories with us, man. That is so cool. Um, and you know, we talked about getting together and doing this episode of the podcast for a while and it, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. It was even, even better knowing the stories that you had going in. I knew a few of them, but the end result is so much better than even I could have ever imagined. So I really appreciate you doing that, man. Sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And guys, uh, that's going to end it for this week's uh, episode of True Paranormal. Be sure to join us next week for another great episode of True Paranormal, the podcast.